At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charlie Chuck Thompson. And with me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know and is still feeling slightly under the weather, but decided to forge on today to bring you uh, the 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 greatest podcast known to libertarians that, so, so far, I think. That's that's our Native American podcast name exactly. right there. It's the greatest <laughs> podcast known to libertarians. Yeah, I still am slightly under the weather. I went, and, I went ahead and decided to go ahead and risk uh, your life by still coming to work yeah. today. So I appreciate okay. that. Well, which is fine because we still we both had a good good trading day, so it's good that I still still came to work so I could tell you what stocks to trade. So um, we we <laughs> we had a good good day overall, and uh, I'm trying not to throw up right now. And I'll do my best. I hope we don't catch it on the podcast, but honestly, it'll make for a great soundbite. So I don't. None of you guys out there listening, you don't have to worry. This this particular disease we understand does not travel through podcasts. That's good. So we've got no cases of podcast to listener transmission. Exactly. So far. Yeah. So, so nothing you, to fear. It's not going to get in your ears or anything like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you guys are safe. So subscribe, <laughs> subscribe. It's actually you. After you subscribe, you gain immunity to whatever it is that I have. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, so that's a pretty good deal. You go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and you get it two to three months immunity from the antibodies from sus- subscribing to the podcast. You become immune to socialism for a few months after every subscription. So uh, go ahead and do that. Leave a rating and review. We do a new episode every single day of the week when I. I'm not feeling pukey. So go ahead and do that. Oh, Charlie still did an episode. He still did one. Yeah. yeah. He's still, I'm sure no one listened to it, but there were things to talk about. He still did do an episode. So go ahead. This, <laughs> Sam, Sam bet, said he's going to wear a mask just to be safe. I bet Monday's episode was our number one listened to episode. I bet it was. <laughs> that's for sure. So let's go ahead and, and let's dive right in real quick because we got to make it kind of a quick episode being so late in the day. I got to start off with a dumb tweet today from bernie sanders last night charlie did you hear that kroger was ending their hero pay they were paying everyone an extra two dollars an hour i did not and they're they're ending that so bernie decided to post about how the ceo of kroger is making a ton of money and they're ending their hero pay for everyone i wanted to go ahead and dig up some some numbers on this just to see what was going on but i'll i'll give you a couple stories here here's bernie's tweet he says the ceo of kroger got paid 21.1 million a year as its workers struggle to get by on $26,000. Kroger got a 30% boost in sales in March, but is ending $2 an hour hazard pay. Disgusting. It can damn well afford to pay grocery workers a dignified wage as they risk their lives. Jesus. So so he brings up the $21.1 million a year that the Kroger CEO is getting paid. We'll go through that here in just a second. I don't know if you know this, but we don't have any 2020 earnings reports for CEOs right now. Just so you know, yeah, the number that he pulled is what the CEO got paid in 2019. And I don't know if you also know this, but there there was no COVID or anything like that in, in 2019. Like comparing whether or not they can afford to pay their workers $2 more an hour uh, off of what the CEO was paid in 2019 based on a current 
pandemic that is going on right now in 2020 doesn't doesn't exactly hold up. But I went ahead and pulled up an article on his his pay hike that they were talking about. This is from last year because that's really the most recent information you can find. So Kroger CEO gave they gave their CEO Rodney McMullen a 19% pay hike last year, pushing his compensation to nearly 12 million and making him one of Greater Cincinnati's top paid CEOs. The nation's largest operator of traditional supermarkets boosted McMullen's pay to $11.8 million last year, according to Securities and Exchange Commission filings. Screw those guys. That's up from $9.9 million in 2017. So I was reading this, and I was like, hold on, it says he was getting paid about $12 million. Like Bernie just tweeted saying that, the, that they paid him $21.1 million last year. Well, of course, where do you think the rest of it came from? It all came from stock incentives. Stock incentives that the guy wasn't guaranteed to make. They were performance and they were performance-based stock incentives. And their stock did really well. So we got paid more money. But already, only half of the salary, well, a little bit more than half of the salary that Bernie's talking about right now was not paid from Kroger Corporation as a salary paid to the CEO. This was him and his ownership of stock in the company. And it was only based on whether or not he did a good job. And, and that was it. So already he quotes $21.1 million, and that's not even the case. It was actually $12 million that his salary actually was. But let's assume that that's evil also. So I looked up how he's talking about they, they ended their $2 an hour hero pay. And of course, I saw a lot of tweets about this. I got in the dumpster fire of Twitter while, where people were talking about this. And I was like, well, let's just go and look and see. Let's go and look and see what their rules are on ending this $2 an hour pay. So what Bernie didn't tweet, this is the interesting part. What Bernie didn't tweet with this was that in lieu of their $2 an hour uh, ending of the hero pay, they are designating $130 million for employee bonuses for both full-time and part-time employees. Wow. So he's using the CEO's pay of $21 million to say that they shouldn't end this $2 an hour pay, but then ignoring the fact that they are, that they are putting forward $130 million in employee bonuses. I mean, literally five, six times. Plus they got $2 an hour raise. Plus they were getting that over the last few months as well. And they're giving everyone bonuses. And just so you know, if you took the CEO's pay that they actually paid them and you divided them among their 500,000 workers, it would be $26 a piece for the year. Per year. For the year. Yeah. That's it. So once again, the CEO's pay has nothing to do with what the actual workers are making whatsoever. He's not arguing for an extra $26 for the workers based on the fact that they could pay their CEO a certain amount. He's saying that they should all make, uh, I mean, uh, obviously... A lot, a lot more than that. And you just end up finding that, that, that this CEO's pay is completely inconsequential. Not only that, they designated six times what the CEO got paid in employee bonuses in lieu of the $2 an hour uh, pay raise that everyone was getting. So it's pretty crazy to, to just see this kind of happen. And, and I didn't know this when I was reading up on this. I was just trying to check up on what Bernie was talking about with them ending this $2 an hour thing. And what do you know, as I'm searching Kroger CEO pay and Kroger ending their $2 an hour hero pay, I see, oh, Kroger uh, Kroger has promised $130 million in employee bonuses. So that's a that's pretty important. It says major U.S. grocery store and drugstore chain Kroger says it will pay $130 million more 
in bonuses to its workers, more, it's already paid some, both part-time and full-time, in two parts. Like other bonuses and extra pay the company has dished out during the past several months, this bonus is to recognize and thank our associates for their incredible work during this historic time of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the CEO. Saluting the additional risk taken by grocery store workers and keeping America's food supply functional through the coronavirus outbreak, Kroger gave out its first round of bonuses in April. At that time, it paid part-time employees $150 each and full-time workers $300. Now, just so you know, that's already, that's already an average. It'll just say it's $150 each. That's already so much more times than what the CEO is getting paid. Just in that little bonus right there. A ridiculous amount. I mean, it, it literally, the CEO's pay divided by the workers is $26 per worker. Just the lower end of the bonus was 150 per worker. Why are we talking about the CEO's pay? That's six times. In, in anything at all. Yeah. Other than you can pinpoint something that people will be jealous and mad and envious about. You can use two data points. Yeah. Or three, really. He used the CEO's pay, the average salary pay... <laughs> And then he used the $2 hero pay. So he used three data points to continue to spin this narrative about how capitalism is the problem. And that's ultimately what he's trying to say. I know you're laughing about what Sam said. Yeah. He said, Sam in the live group says, which mansion of Bernie's is considered his hero house? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, people just give this guy so many excuses. Oh, well, he's got an apartment for his job in D.C., and he's got a cabin like most people do, and then he has his original house in Connecticut. Big deal. He's got a cabin like most people do. He's got <laughs> I literally have houses. seen someone say that. A lot of people have summer cabins. <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah, a lot of rich people do. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be you have to be in the top, you know, I would say at least the top ten, top five percent yeah. to be able to have a second home, let alone a third home. Now, of course, he made his money through capitalism, but capitalism is the problem for everyone else, yeah. not for him. Unless you want to write a book, that doesn't qualify as capitalism somehow. But anyway, continue on. I was looking at, while you were opening this up, I was looking at Kroger's stock prices. And so if you go to uh, their daily chart, you'll notice that in February, as the market started to tank, that Kroger was just as susceptible to that. So it fell from right around $30 a share down to $27 a share. Um, a little bit less than that. That's yeah. a 10% decline. About, that doesn't sound like much, but that's that's a yeah. pretty big decline. So so after that, when it came out with its earnings, uh, it did squeeze back up to uh, $33. But then as the market fell and it had its you know black day on, on March 23rd, Kroger, uh, after its earnings... It's March 23rd. Was it really? Yeah, it was March 23rd was the the lowest of the Dow. Oh, the lowest. Okay. Yeah, the okay. lowest of the Dow when it hit 18.5. Yeah. I thought you meant the actual crash. No, no, when it, sorry. When it triggered. No, when it triggered was back uh, February 25th, somewhere around there. When the one-hour ORB triggered short yes. was, on, was on February 23rd. February 23rd. <laughs> but, uh, and so Kroger fell a little bit, a 10% decline. It did come back up because of their earnings. Uh, they ended, I believe, uh, somewhere around two something dollars a share. It says, it says on my chart that they had a uh, fifty-seven cent uh, earnings, which is what basically what their estimate was. Uh, so they had a really good stock day there. Um, it did get, it had a high of basically thirty-seven dollars, thirty-six ninety, 
and then fell all the way back down to 2735. 2733, sorry. So it the, the same thing that the stock market did, it continued to fall regardless of how much their sales were up. The market was saying, "Ah, yeah, we don't we're kind of want to get out. It doesn't matter." Well, now, so it has we still don't have information rebounded. for the guy's pay for 2020. Right, oh, we have that, no that idea. was the whole first point is he's and, using information from 2019. In fact, a lot of CEOs of a lot of companies decided to take pay cuts yeah. during this time. Which is all for PR, but I don't blame them. Yeah, be have good PR. Yeah. So anyway, I just you know I'm always watching Bernie's Twitter to see how much he's he's lying. I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, someone tweeted us one time, and I said something about how he was a master manipulator, and someone said, "Well, maybe he's just someone who finds confirmation bias on one side, and he, you know, he truly believes that way." And I keep, you know, I'm back and forth on whether or not he is purposefully manipulative or if he's just so clouded by his bias that this is all he sees. And I can't figure out which one it is. If you guys have an idea which one it is, does he purposefully manipulate data and statistics to to form a vision that, that he even knows is not completely true? Or is he just so biased that the, it's all he sees? <clears throat> and what I do know is that he does fall into the the George Orwell problem with socialism, which is that it's not so much that they love the poor, so it's so much as they hate the rich. Mm -hmm. And even George Orwell, a socialist slash communist or whatever he was, said that that was the problem with socialism, that they don't love the poor, they hate the rich. And Bernie falls right into that category for well, me. And Bernie, he's not dumb. The guy's doing what everyone else is doing, which is he's sticking to his confirmation bias that sells his books. Like he's not an idiot. The yeah. guy has gained popularity for what he believes to be true and then continues to take it further uh, because it, it stirs up his base. Same thing Trump does. The same thing all these people do. They're just all about stirring up their base because what does that popularity and everything lead to? Well, ultimately it leads to, uh, you having authority and being able to sell things like books yeah, and, and make a substantial income for yourself. If you want to write a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire too. Yeah. You know, Trump's tweet was hilarious today. He tweeted about his daughter graduating uh, law school. And he said, he I I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically said, just what I needed was a lawyer in the family. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's hilarious. I mean, Kind of dumb to tweet for sure. I mean, if you're a guy who's suspected of of crimes by uh, by Congress and the media and everything, to tweet that I needed a lawyer in my family, <laughs> like, uh, but that's just that just shows the level of uh, who gives a crap that that Trump has when it comes to people's yeah. perceptions of him, which is what got him elected in the first place. So, yeah. so that's why I got elected, Charlie. This next one is well, for you. And Jeff was saying uh, in the live group, he said he's doing it on purpose. He's a complete fraud. He pays minimal taxes, but other rich people don't pay enough, which is exactly what I said on Monday. I talked about how I had gotten in a discussion with my brother. That's exactly what I was saying. It's like, how can you back a guy who says all the time that the rich don't pay enough? They don't pay their fair share. He's now in the top 1% and he takes advantage of every single loophole possible, just like everyone else does. I haven't met a person yet that purposely does not try to to pay the least amount of taxes possible. 
yet they think other people. It's always the other guy. It's always the other person that's not paying their fair share. I pay what I owe. I pay what I owe. Let's look at Trump's tax plans. <laughs> what about Trump? Like, who gives a shit about Trump? We're asking you, Bernie. Why did you only pay a 10% effective tax rate making over a million dollars? Why did you only give 3% to charity? Like, you don't, you don't care about anyone else but yourself. It's all about you and lining your own. He's a man of the people. No, he's not. He's a fraud. <laughs> and and I don't know. My brother, I, my brother is a very intelligent person, and he just somehow get is somehow is duped as well. Yeah, I, that's so. I see that a lot with people who are very highly intelligent, very very book smart, but who still fall victim to their own emotions all the time, mm-hmm. and and can't really think their way out of it. It's very impressive. But uh, this next one is the main topic for the day, and I'll have Charlie go through some of this. It's kind of a lengthy thing because it's got a pretty, <clears throat> it's got a quote from Bill Barr, A.G. Bill Barr in here. But it has to do with, uh, it has to do with the DOJ and FBI being upset that Apple literally just they refuse to unlock iPhones, which is cool if you're from our standpoint. I think that's pretty cool of them, and you know they're they're keeping up that that perception and that marketing tactic that they are very, very highly secure so much so that if there's literally someone arrested or commits a terrorist act, they still won't open the iPhone. So they're so concerned with privacy that they have drawn a line in the sand. They will not open up your personal device, which is pretty cool, but um, they don't even have <laughs> access to it. Yeah. Like I, I think they can open it. But I'm sure they I'm sure they can open it, but they just literally won't do it, which is them trying to send a message to people. And uh, I just wanted to know, Charlie, should the government be able to force Apple to open up iPhones for investigations? The simple answer is no. No, it's absolutely not. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. See you. <laughs> I actually had to remind myself of what the Pensacola terrorist was. It was that. Uh, that shooting at a Naval Air Force Base or something like that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. yeah. yeah Naval, Naval Air, Air Station uh, in the killed three people and mm-hmm. injured eight others. Um, so, yeah, we'll go through this. This is uh, from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. Pensacola terrorists. It's Ben. Pensacola terrorists' phone show connections to Al-Qaeda, DOJ, FBI. I'm sorry. Pensacola. I read this headline wrong. Pensacola terrorists phone showed connections to Al Qaeda, the DOJ, FBI, etc. slam Apple for refusing to help unlock it. Attorney General Bill Barr and FBI Director Chris Ray slammed Apple for refusing to help them unlock uh, the iPhones of the terrorist who launched a deadly terror attack at a Florida naval base last December. The two men announced that after they finally unlocked the phones, cell phone evidence showed that the terrorists who launched the attack had been in con- contact with Al-Qaeda for uh, operatives for years. The assailant, a Saudi military trainee who opened fire on a naval air base station in Pensacola and murdered three U.S. sailors while injuring eight other people, <clears throat> possessed iPhones. But in January, when the Department of Justice asked Apple to help unlock the phones, Apple refused. Barr stated, Four months ago, I announced that this shooting was an act of terrorism. I also publicly asked Apple to help us access the locked contents of the two iPhones belonging to the deceased terrorists. It was clear at the time, at that time that the phones were likely to contain valuable information. Indeed, 
the assailant, they're not giving, they're not mentioning his name. They started doing this, didn't they? <clears throat> um, Daily Wire does yeah. this, yeah. <clears throat> Indeed, the assailant attempted to destroy both phones, even go, going so far to disengage from the gunfight long enough to fire a bullet into one. Within one day of the shootings, the FBI sought and obtained court orders supported by probable cause authorizing the FBI to search the contents of both phones as part of of its investigation. The problem was that the phones were locked and the FBI did not have the passwords, so they needed help to get in. We asked Apple for assistance, and so did the president. Unfortunately, Apple would not help us unlock the phones. Apple had deliberately designed them so that only the user, in this case the terrorist, could gain access to their contents which is how it should be. We need more of this (laughs) today. I'm pleased to announce that thanks to the relentless efforts and ingenuity of FBI technicians, the FBI finally succeeded in unlocking the assailants phones. The phones contained information previously unknown to us that definitely establishes significant ties to Al Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, not only before the attack, but before he even arrived in the United States, we now have a clear under clearer understanding of his associations and activities in the years, months, and days leading up to the attack. Apple made a business and marketing decision to design its phones in such a way that only the user can unlock the contents, no matter the circumstances. In cases like this, where the user is a terrorist, or in other cases where the user is a violent criminal, human trafficker, or child predator, make sure you include all the <laughs> Gotta worst, get that in there. The yeah. worst case scenarios here. Yeah. Not all the now other cases that they're going to use it for. Right. They won't include... They'll 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 sell it with these yeah. words, and in the law they'll include drug it, possession. It'll be a dr- wide open <laughs> speeding. Yeah, yeah. Apple's decision has dangerous consequences for public safety and national security, and is, in my judgment, unacceptable. What about unlocking the phones after the terrorist is dead? Is going to stop him from making that attack? Yeah, I don't know. That's my like, first. Question. I thought this is what we had the NSA for, right? <laughs> you know, I thought, what? why weren't you spying on what this about guy? FISA? I thought, why didn't FISA stop this from happening? This guy's a Saudi national. Why wasn't he being tracked? Um, I, I clearly the government doesn't have enough power. That's what it is. Yeah. Apple's desire to provide privacy, or as I've heard it say recently in England, I think it's privacy is what Pri- they say over there. Yes. Yeah, so you have the privacy privacy. <laughs> I, I prefer privacy, but privacy for its customers is understandable, but not at all costs. Under our nation's long-established constitutional principles, where a court authorizes a search for evidence of a crime, an individual privacy interests must yield to the broader needs of public safety. There is no reason why companies like Apple... Wait, the guy's dead. Yeah. He's dead. What? He doesn't have any... He doesn't have a life. He does, so there's no privacy. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. He's dead. There's no reason why companies like Apple cannot design their consumer products and apps to allow for court authorized access by law enforcement while maintaining very high standards of data security because it, that won't work because it the, will the, never work. The government backstop for data security is, is going to be terrible. That's, yes. That's the problem. And they all know that when you give them these back doors in, into these things, the, they're going to do a terrible job taking care of it. And then the, the, the problem is, who's going to have the power to get in to people's personal... Con- you know, it's just... I don't, I'll, let you, I'll also, let you keep going, but I, I draw several analogies to this. Like, if you had a safe at your house, well, is would the safe company be constitutionally bound to help break the safe? Or would it be their job? You know, maybe they have a warrant to search it. 
but it is the is the safe company bound to do it if your car is locked is ford required to help you is you know is elon musk going to be required to help you get into a tesla or something like that the tesla truck that has obvious bulletproof glass and, and there's no way they'll be able to get into it you know is he going to be required to help you get into it uh, and then there's you know so it's we're acting like there shouldn't just be a unifying principle behind all of these things whether or not the company should be required to do it and there really should be like this is a per, these are personal contents that you have locked and they've stated that they're that they're never ever going to aid unlocking someone's phone they're just they're not going to do it yeah what this is why you got FISA government all right don't tell me you can't do anything about this. We just had a big debate over spying and tapping people's phones and their search results and all kinds of stuff. Now you're telling me that we can't have national security without being able to unlock the dead guy's phone after he kills people? This is a way This is a way for the government to deflect and say, oh, this is all Apple's fault. It's not our We didn't stop the terrorists. So everything that we promised you by passing all these laws to keep you safe, but, well, we failed in keeping you safe, and we're sorry about that. Uh, but ultimately, it's Apple's fault. It's not the government's. If they would just allow us a back door into their phones, then this type of thing wouldn't happen. Yeah, that's exactly how they sell it. And like Maurice said, why do you need why do you need Apple? They got into his phone. So the, I mean, there really shouldn't be any but more debate. Sounds if, like they know how to do it. Now. If anything, I if I worked for Apple, I'd be beefing up that security because if some people over at the FBI can break into it, I mean, then anyone can. What if so, what if uh, what if Apple's like, yeah, we're just not going to make any iPhones anymore. <laughs> Then what are you gonna <laughs> then do? Then what are you gonna do? Yeah. Now you don't have any contents. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just stick to computers now. Yeah, <laughs> no no more iPhones. Striking. We this- require that that terrorists only use Samsung devices. Right by now, that's what they need to do is pass a law saying <laughs> that terrorists have to use galaxies. Right. That that's what that they, way have, they to have, have to have. Back door. That way they can get into them. That's that's really <laughs> it. But problem solved. I don't know why they didn't yeah. think about this. It's you're it's illegal for you to have an iPhone if you're a terrorist. It should be a question when you go to buy one. Are you a terrorist? Yeah. Yes or no. And if you say yes, you can't buy it. Striking this balance should not be left to corporate <laughs> <The> background check. <laughs> <laughs> background check for iPhones. Striking this balance should not be left to corporate boardrooms. It is a decision to be made by the American people through their representatives. But the corporate boardroom is the one that controls the company that makes the damn device yeah. that they can choose not to make anymore, by the way. Uh, Ray added the evidence we've been able to develop uh, from the killer's devices shows the Pensacola attack was the brutal combination of years of planning and preparation by a longtime Al-Qaeda, essentially, associate. Now, uh, years of planning, using his iPhones. And uh, once again, I'll ask the question, what the hell do we have FISA for? Why do we have the NSA? Why do we have all these things that we just absolutely cannot live without? But now the backstop is we have to be able to search the guy's phone after he murders a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. This was your job to start with. This is why you have access to people's phone calls and people's text messages and people's emails and their search results and all kinds of stuff. This is why you have it. You didn't do your job. Your job is to is to try and protect people if you can, but they failed to do it. And you failed. And now they're now they're embarrassed about it and they got to find someone to blame, just like you said. Someone else's fault. Let's see. Uh, the last paragraph is really all that. Gotcha, right here. Ray continued by noting the delay in unlocking the phones seriously hampered this investigation. Finally getting our hands on the evidence 
uh, that the assailant tried to keep from us is great, but we really needed it months ago, back in December. He theorized that uh, that context of the assailant now had months to concoct and compare stories with co-conspirators, destroy evidence, and disappear. As a result, there's a lot we can't do at this point that we could have done months ago. So they're arguing that if we would have had this evidence, people here were talking to, we could have went after them, and now we can't because they already know the story. Yeah. If they're concocting some kind of a new plan, then they need to be finding that through their amazing authorities, through the NSA and all of those other things like that. That's what it's there for. You don't think that the hour that this went live, like they knew that he was attacking. So yeah. they, you don't think that as soon as everyone found out and was on the news for a 24, 36, 48 hour cycle, that these guys already weren't concocting that like you just, are you just going to get in the iPhone within the hour? And then go after these guys. They, they they already jumped ship. Those guys might not have been worried because they also had iPhones. I'm not, I'm yeah. not really sure. I'm not really sure. What, so I think really the only answer is the background checks for buying iPhones. Well, these yeah. Dangerous devices. Uh, that's uh, common sense, yeah. actually. Com common sense legislation. Comprehensive that. background checks for iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I put the question on Twitter. Marie, you guys well, I was going to say Maurice made a good point here. It said, we didn't vote for you. Yeah. William Barr, you're appointed. You're not elected. So I don't give a damn what you say. Yeah, it's not your job to decide that you can go against what those corporate boardrooms are doing. All right. We voted for the people there because we continue to buy their products. All right. right. You yes. were appointed. We can't do anything about you being there at all. But we can stop buying Apple devices if we're upset about that. If you are upset about this, then stop buying Apple devices. That's that's really all I'd have to say about that. I put a poll on Twitter, by the way, if you guys want to go check it out. Anyone listening to the podcast, it's got another day or so left. It's at GoodAMLiberty is our Twitter handle, by the way. Been very active on there recently, getting into the, the Twitter sphere. I hear it's you know, a new thing these days is tweeting. I don't know if it's going to catch on, but uh, we're trying that out. At GoodAMLiberty, put a poll on there, and it's asking whether or not the government should be able to force Apple to unlock people's iPhones. So if you want to go vote on that, so far I can tell we have a lot of libertarians following the Twitter because like 95% say no, Apple should not be forced to unlock the iPhones. So uh, that's that's looking pretty good so far. But if you've got a counter opinion or you want to go pile in some votes on there, we've had a lot, a lot of votes so far. So go on there and vote and let us know what you think. All right. This is a democratic vote. You can go over there and, and, and we'll do whatever you whatever you tell us okay the government's watching this vote so go go let your voice be heard uh, sponsored by the nsa i think yeah like that. that's yeah they retweeted it so <laughs> yeah pretty good did they so no i don't think they did i'll look and see i should have tweeted them in the tweet actually you should have that would have been way better for yep. sure but you know I don't, I don't know what else i have to say about this except for honestly a lot of people might disagree with this but props to apple for being so hardcore on their security. I actually think it's pretty cool that they do that. They've drawn such a fine, such a strong principled line in the sand. And they have more money than the government. They've got more <laughs> cash on hand than the government. They can probably survive a court case better than the government can. Yeah. And so they're going to, they're going to fight this and they're going to continue to maintain people's privacy. If I were going to play devil's advocate, I mean, you'd say, I mean, really like there's someone who's obviously a terrorist, Charlie, and we've got their phone. And they shouldn't unlock that phone? Like, isn't that just common sense? It's specifically designed to not be unlocked. Yeah. Like, that's that's what gives you not a false sense of security, but an actual sense of security that, okay, I can put my credit cards on my phone. 
Yeah. Like I can put my debit card on my phone. I can put my trading account information. I can put all of my access to financials and personal things. Um, you know, I can put those on my phone and not have it hacked. Now, Apple had a huge scandal with that uh, iCloud leak that happened. Uh, if you saw the news reports and all the celebrities that had their iClouds hacked mm. and all of that. So that was a I didn't a danger, see that, actually. But it wasn't a phone hack. Yeah. It was uh, people that's storing things on their iCloud. The cloud actually got hacked. And, and But even this iPhone, there's there was still a back door. It just took a really long time to figure it out. Yeah, and they got in. You know? so and, they, and then and they were able to get in. We're, so all, now, we're all safe now. I, well, I guarantee you Apple's going to design something else that's going to make it even more impossible. Yeah. The thing I like the most are, um, I know WhatsApp was doing it. I'm not sure. It's under Facebook now, so they could have changed it. But there are different apps, like uh, I believe Signal is one of them that does end-to-end encryption. Which they've so, been trying to end. Which the they've government been trying, has. yeah. They've been trying to get rid of that because... Only the people who send and receive it, there's no um, there's no server in between that interprets the message because it's encrypted. And the only person who has a key is the person you're sending it to. Yeah. That's the only person that can unlock the message. So now as computers um, keep getting faster and better, you know, your standard right now, your 256 bit encryption and the different other encryptions that they're using are going to be obsolete. You're going to have to keep improving that because uh, eventually the, the computers, are, it's going to be fast enough to you know, go through all the sequence of keys possible to be able to unlock it. But right now I think with, with 256 bit encryption, it would take you something like 10,000 years to try all the different combinations hmm. and computers just aren't that fast. All yet. they really had to do was put the phone in front of the dead guy's face. And that's that's and really all eyes. they had to do. And yeah. Open his eyes up. Yeah. You gotta be yeah. looking at it. So, you know, my biggest issue with this is the slippery slope part of it because it starts with, terrorists and then it goes to violent criminals and of course they added in the child predators and stuff like that and the problem is they're they're not going to stop there you know that that's not where it's going to stop it's going to be people suspected of uh being drug dealers or or you know any kind of it'll, it'll literally be eventually any crime if you just give them the ability to open up people's phones and I'm just not down with that. I'm, I'm, I'm really, either. I'm really not okay with it as a libertarian. If you guys disagree vehemently, send us an email, Charlie at GoodMorningLiberty.us, <laughs> uh, so we know what you guys think. Everyone in the live group, I think, is is agreeing with this, and and you know, like I said, good, good, good for Apple. This is a complicated one, and um, it's actually a little bit surprising to me to get a, a big company that that obviously. I don't think that they hold very essential libertarian values, but they obviously do really care about about people's privacy. So, so that is something that they have they have held strong on. So, um, yeah. you know, do you want to go any further with thirty five minutes? And and I'm trying not to throw open to the microphone right now. Still, yeah, so. we can go ahead and stop. All right. So, yeah, uh, I think a that's real a good. Real sorry to do a quick episode today, guys, but um, I'm not. I'm just not feeling it. I'm feeling the podcast. I'm feeling the content. Yeah. That's all really good, but I'm not feeling this. Like, if you're watching live, like this area right here wants to come out of this area right here. It's fine if you want to be a quitter. Yeah. I just don't care about liberty. Right. That's, that's you know, what Michael the problem Jordan is. Michael Jordan finished the finals on with the flu. I that and this is an accurate comparison for yes. sure. Yeah. So if you want to be a quitter, no big deal. That's I'll fine. come back for episode two fifty two tomorrow and I'll be just <laughs> fine. Okay. We might lose episode two fifty one. By the way, take the two hundred and fifty one episode challenge. We had someone tweet us earlier today saying that they made it all the way down to episode six. 
Nice. And they realized that there weren't any episodes before that. And he said, where wh- where are the rest of the episodes before that? And I am said, I supposed to listen to all of them? Yeah. I said, we were too drunk to release those. <laughs> we just we just simply were. So uh, I think we had a few uh, uh, practice episodes in there. And by the time it wasn't completely embarrassing, we went ahead and released starting at episode six for us. But I was it, fine releasing all of them. I, yeah, I got no. voted out. Yeah. <laughs> you got voted out. So. <laughs> yeah. There's just some of those episodes that I plainly do not remember happening whatsoever yeah. but we did some great reviews on different whiskeys so back, back that we did used to review whiskey on every single episode so if you're looking for some good whiskey to try uh you can go back to some of the very very early episodes where we did whiskey of the week and right now we continue to do coke zero of the week and it continues to be uh coke zero uh which is which is what we're always drinking or some coffee or maybe some bubbly something like that but uh you know no more, no more whiskey for me. Charlie's drunk off his ass today. Maybe some uh, Lacroix. La Lacroix. Lacroix. Drives me nuts. Listen, the company says it's pronounced Lacroix, and they're wrong. Okay, <laughs> they're the I, company itself. I looked it up. I mean, that is clearly a French word, and they're not going to say Croix over there. They pronounce it Croix. All right. Yeah. So if you guys over at LaCroix, I want to just keep pronouncing it wrong. That's fine. But I'm just going to do it correctly, all right? I don't want those French people making fun of me or anything like that. And this is for Liberty. Yeah. Okay. So drink up your... They La- gave us La- the Statue of Liberty. I need to at least pronounce one of their words properly, right. you know? Is it, how do you pronounce Statue of Liberty in French? Statue of Liberty. That's oh, how okay. they said it. Yeah. But Statue of Liberty? That's it. Yeah, that's it right there. Anyway, guys, uh, go check out mastermytrades.com. If you're interested, we get a, we did a quick trade recap for the people in the live group today. Uh, if you're interested in finding all the support and resistance levels on all kinds of stocks, we do a pre-market analysis every single morning. Um, we, uh, we had some, some uh, great trades today, a lot of trades today. Uh, Charlie nearly doubled his account, if not for the SEC, but still had really good profit today so it was a it was a really good trading day and if you want to see those stocks that we're picking out every single morning uh you can go ahead and check out mastermytrades.com and get that pre-market analysis and you can see us calling out what we're going to do on each one of those stocks that is not an investment advice for you to do it i just i don't want to lie i'm going to tell you what i'm going to do right but you don't have to do that okay yeah you can totally do that and with a disclaimer it's risky trading is risky yeah just so you know and past results are not Indicative. indicative of future whatever right past performance is not indicative of future results yeah okay so and which is true by the way in trading every new trade is totally different it's got completely different people involved but there are patterns that tend to repeat themselves over and over again and so that is what we look for in the market we look for those important levels and those important patterns that happen in the market every single day so if you're interested in learning about those and getting that pre-market analysis every single morning check out mastermytrades.com do it yeah do that i mentioned to you guys the pod the podcast well you're on you're listening right now but i i mentioned the contest that we're doing with this podcast with the good morning liberty um no keyword today I'm not going to give it out today. Not today. Okay. I gave it out yesterday. Yeah. So you're not going to get the code, the keyword uh, today, but I gave it out. Maybe tomorrow. I gave it out yesterday. Maybe tomorrow. We're going to be running this contest for uh, the next, what'd we say till the end of May, right? Yeah. So really you have uh, this week and the rest of next week 
uh, and then it's going to be the end of May, the end of May. <laughs> and after that, this contest is going to end. We're going to do a live drawing. I'm I'm actually out of town June 1st, so that is going to take place on June 2nd. Uh, we're going to do a live drawing to see who's going to get the $500 Good Morning Liberty stimulus package. It could be you. As long as you sign up, you can do that by going to goodmorningliberty.us. That's goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus and sign up on there. If you leave a rating and review, which I haven't actually looked at in the last couple of days. I don't know if you have yet or not, Nate. Uh, if you leave us a rating and review on iTunes, that's very important for us because that helps with the algorithms and different things like that. Then if you uh, do that, you get five bonus entries and there's a place to enter your your iTunes um, username. So if you guys want to be a part of that, to try to win $500 plus a lifetime subscription for free to mastermytrades.com, which Nate just got done mentioning, then you can do that by going to goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus. And that's uh, that $500 is going to somebody that we have. Uh, let's see. I'll just read the latest review. Uh, a lot of people signed up, by the way, yesterday. We see those signups coming in and, and just keep doing it. We're going to choose it at random. We follow through in our word. We offered up a gift of a firearm a few months ago yep. and, and, that and went did, well. did give that away. And uh, we'll, we'll be doing this live as well. Yeah, this latest review coming from Uncle Toff, I believe is how you say his name. Um, it says, funny, refreshing, optimistic take on liberty. These gents are super wholesome and have fresh, intelligent takes on current events and the market, all helping others understand the need for liberty. That's such nice. That's so nice. Yeah. Next one. I like this one here. Breath of fresh air. And you are right about that, Blurbin. <laughs> That's the name here, Blurbin. He says uh, he or she, I don't know, recovering Republican conservative here. This <laughs> pod. Yeah, the, recovery. they're in recovery because it's the 12 steps of uh, yeah. the 12. They're in the 12 step program. Yeah, it's just from the, re, the Republican conservative side. <laughs> this podcast is a breath of fresh air amid all of the mess you see in the media and on the Internet these days. They deliver honest takes on real issues and do it in a way that's funny, easily digestible and well thought out. Google podcast doesn't have a reviewing system. So I went through the headache of getting on iTunes on my old slow college laptop because these guys deserve it. PS. It would be even better if they actually, if it actually, if these actually happen in the mornings, <laughs> <laughs> look, you can listen in the morning blurbin. You don't have to listen when, at night. When we first started good morning Liberty, our first thing was doing live videos on our seven, Facebook, 7am, 7am every morning. We did live videos. 5, 10, 15 minutes, Charlie would go live and then I would go live. And it was our thing, Good Morning Liberty, every single morning. And it's a good name, so we stuck with it, but we're so busy doing all... There's no way I'm going to record a podcast while we're while I'm taking 40 trades on a stock today. So, so it's just, you know, that's getting harder and harder to actually happen unless we record at like 6.30 a.m. But you are more than welcome to wait until the next morning to listen. Yeah. If you want... I hear it's even better in the morning if you wait and listen then. That's why that annoying alarm sound is in the intro for the podcast because it was meant to play first thing in the morning. Yeah. But it rarely plays first. It's more like 6 or 7 p.m. Hey, look, when it comes out. Last Thursday's episode wasn't posted until Friday morning. There you go. Only because a lot of things happened Thursday after we got done recording and I was unable to get that posted. Uh, so anyway, Blurbin, uh, we'll do our best to to release it in the mornings, but I'm going to tell you it's probably not going to happen. It just reminds me of... 
Jobin. Jobin. You know, yeah. uh, uh, what is that? I love you, man. For my, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, you la- see you later, Jobin. See you later, Jobin. Well, anyway, I took a long time to tell you guys about this contest, but it is, uh, it's, it's really important. Uh, it helps us out a ton. Obviously that's why we're giving away $500. Um, the listenership is growing and that's our goal is to continue to grow this podcast, continue to grow the movement. And so you guys are helping, uh, do that. And for your, for your troubles, um, I'm going to give you $500. I don't think that's a bad deal. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. No one's ever said that, Hey, that's a bad deal Yeah, to get $500. So we really appreciate you guys doing that and being part of this contest. Um, share it with your friends if you want. Maybe you guys can split the pot. Who knows? Only one of you guys get access to Master My Trades, though. Uh, but you guys can maybe split the pot if you want to get some more people involved. That's that's how you get extra tickets in. Uh, so if you guys do all of that, and I mean all of it, then we'll be back again tomorrow to have. Well, we'll be back again tomorrow to do this all over again. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.